Welcome to the one. <laughs> you just made me laugh. Welcome to the One Player Podcast, the show on solitaire board games. I'm your host, Albert, and this is episode 311. I don't know any Danish jokes. Uh, do you like Danishes? Oh, that, that's a good point. You might think that we're talking about, like, a baking game or a chocolatier game based on what is they're talking about. We are, in fact, not talking about either of those things. We're talking about Tear. Which is way more nefarious than any of that stuff. I mean, yeah, there are, it is. There are goodies there. There's there desserts <laughs> for animals. And you're fighting the devil. I mean, that's pretty. I mean, extreme. But it, hey, so yeah, Scoven's here. Today's game. It's a game designed by uh, Morden Monrad Pedersen, a friend of the show who has been on a few times before, like three or four times now. Mm hmm. And uh, this is a game he designed. He is he is a part of I think half of um, Altoma Factory, which makes many of the solo variants and stuff for, uh, for a lot of Stoltmeyer games and and Stoltmeyer games and a lot of other stuff. Yes, it is a solo publishing house or design house or something I could say. I'd say. And so Morden, and also a member of the One Player Guild, in good standing. Morden designed this great game called Scoventeer, in which you're going around the forest trying to escape the devil, as one does. Do we just want to call him Gamla Erg? Gamla Eric, yes. That's how it's his... the same <laughs> the devil? Yes, but it is the same thing, technically. It's it's the name on the card, and the character's name is Gamla Eric. Gamla Eric. Erig. Erig, technically. Erig, yes. And he is the devil, apparently, in a. Uh, Danish folklore. Yeah, reading some of these names made me feel real sympathy for people who try and read some of uh, some of the Hebrew words that I put in things. <laughs> yeah, the so, some of the, I got a lot of pronunciation wrong. This we're so jumping around and not really on point today, <laughs> and then maybe that's okay because we're just dove right into this game. But let let's let's talk about this game like we normally talk about a game, Julius. Would you All like to give right. a summary? Sure. In this game, you are running away from the devil. You are the forest of the excuse me, the spirit of the forests, and your job is to defeat the devil or hide from the devil long enough for the devil to be defeated by your allies. As you are running around, there are going to be trees that are in a little circle, and you're going to be playing cards from your hand to recruit allies, and you're going to be using those allies to defeat the evil minions of the devil. If you defeat all of his six minions, then I suppose he has to slink away, not being able to do anything all by himself. So yeah, it is an hand management card game primarily where you are using the different cards for their different effects or to play them on the table. And you keep doing so until either you are defeated or Gamla Eric is himself defeated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's basically the game there. Um, well done, Julius. Thank you, Albert. Then we'll jump into components. <laughs> so this game comes in a small, sturdy box. It's um, published by Impatience. So I, my first guess was, oh, it's going to be about the same size as, say, Onirim or any of the Oniverse games. It is not. It's about But the it same is small. Size. It's similar-ish. It's not square. Um, but it's a small cardboard box with a... A fair number of components, right? Cards, 
Yes, and the box size has been relegated to the same spot in my collection as the Odin Rim games because it's about that size. It is, yes, yes, same here. It's near my Odin Rim games. But uh, so so what you get in the box, when you open up the box, you're going to see the rule book. It's a small rule book. You're going to see a couple, eight large tarot-sized cards of trees. They're double-sided cards. The front is nice, healthy trees. The back is withered and burning trees. You're going to have a... a bunch of other normal size cards, playing cards. Um, six of them are the bad guys, the enemies, or I'm sorry, the minions. They're there's six of those guys. They're double sided, so when you flip them over the back, it shows the him defeated, or it shows a skull. It's implying he's defeated. And you have cards for each of your fairies, your 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 allies in the forest, or different types of spirits and fairies. And there's five cards for each of the five spirits. Plus, there's 13 cards in there for Gamla Eric, the uh, the devil. The bad guy. The bad guy, which I cannot help but keep saying that. Um, so there's 13 cards of that. Besides that, there's six basically reference cards for the different actions you could take in the game. And that's that it for the cards. No, and there's a couple well, there's uh, a few two other cards expansions. for the expansions. Yes. yes. There's two expansions that are included straight in the box. And so the first expansion comes with some extra cards uh, for the Victimons, and the second expansion comes with some additional seeds and hostage tokens uh, that are then placed in some of the people for you to rescue over the course of the game. But we'll cover more on those expansions separately. We'll discuss gameplay because we'll discuss the different sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and so besides, did you also mention the meeples? There's the two meeples in there. There are, and they're pretty nice meeples. There's one meeple yes. for the Vogter, which is the spirit of the forest. And there's one meeple for the Gamla Eric, which is a tall, very red and black meeple. Definitely sinister looking meeple. The Gamla mm-hmm. Eric pod towers over the rest of the components. It is much larger as opposed to the Vogter that is much smaller. Very much those meeples bring and reinforce the theme the idea that Vogter is spending most of his game hiding in the forest and Gamla Eric is spending most of his time hunting around the forest sort of looming over everything with an evil sort of vibe yep and and they're they're pretty much to scale I think so I mean imagine if the uh, Gamla Eric is well it, they're to scale I assume Gamla Eric is about human size and Wagner is a is a badger so he's pretty small right you know like knee high or something and I, uh i find it funny that you're putting fixed amounts on mythical creatures that even in the pictures i didn't miss. well i mean no badgers are not mythical <laughs> yeah but a vogter is but even okay. in the pictures i'm not certain that they are but it doesn't matter it, but it does give it a, a sense of uh you're fighting a very big um, um, ominous enemy when, when yes. you're because gomleric is big He's much, much, like you said, much, much taller. Four times as tall, maybe. I have a couple notes about the components. So first note that I wanted to comment, there are these tree cards that over the course of the game, you're going to be setting up a circle of tree cards. Primarily at the beginning of the game, they're all going to be starting flipped on their healthy side. And then over the course of the game, you're often going to be flipping them over to the withered side. And then if you need to flip over a card and there's one that's withered, so then you just discard it. And that shrinks the circle of the forest that you and Gamla Eric are going to be able to spin around on to be able to do it. Those cards are, are big. Um, they're larger than tarot. They're strange card size, um, but they're larger cards. 
they stand out from the other ones, but on the other hand, they're quite blank. Um, mm-hmm. They did not need to be cards. They didn't need to be this big. And I'm personally torn about whether or not I like them being cards. I like that mm-hmm. they're bigger. I, I've I've said a lot of times that different component types should have different sizes or something more distinct about them. With cards, I'm often much more lenient, but usually that's just based on card back. Here, these cards are very distinct and very different because you know they are not really cards. They're actually more of a game board developed out of cards. So I appreciate that they're very different. I kind of wish they had been, you know, chipboard or cardboard tokens mm-hmm. as opposed to actual trees, just to give them a little bit more heft and demand for them. But on the other hand, the cards fit very nicely to place allies on as you're running around the board, because one of the ways you defeat the adversaries, the minions, is by placing allies in enough trees to be able to ambush and surprise them. So you have to place your minions out of the trees. So we have them be bigger than the, than the ally cards. They fit nicely on it. So I find myself going back and forward between those two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I guess I agree with you. The, um, the fact that they're big, they end up taking up a fair bit of table space since you put them in a big circle. And I, I don't actually put the allies on top of them. I put them after, above them. Mm. So then it ends up taking more space than it should, probably shouldn't. So in that scenario, tiles would work better, right? Like say a carcassonne size tower, something like one inch square. Um, and they'd be easy to flip. But the fact that they're trees and they're supposed to be big and whatnot, you know, adds adds to the thematic geekiness of it, I guess. But they are what they are. They work. Um, they work. I'm not saying they don't work. But it was definitely a thought I was having as I was playing the game was, why are they like the way they are? <laughs> yeah. They they are pretty big, considering they are just art. On them, there's no there's no rules or any information on the cards other than one side is red and one is green. Truth. Another comment I had about the components was the art on the different cards. Um, this is a rich mythology that the game is wanting to convey to us. It is Danish folklore that we are getting to take part in as we're playing this game and it's a set of mythology that I had not been aware of. I, I don't know whether or not the art is true to, you know, true to theme, whether or not it is, but it's certainly all of the art helps convey that all of the art is really well done. All of the art very much brings home what the different allies and different characters and different minions are. All of that really helps all of that come home with one exception. The Gamla Eric cards. There are cards that come up for the different minions, and if you pull open uh, a Gamla Eric card, then that you know essentially is allowing him to act, and it's clogging up your deck of cards and making stuff t- making excuse me making stuff difficult on you. We've spoken about how ominous the um, how ominous the meeple for Gamla Eric is. But the cards don't bear quite that level of scariness to them. Maybe it's because the look that I have for him when he's on his cards, he doesn't look particularly evil. He looks like an ancient wizard type person. He doesn't look too mean. 
to me, he also looks kind of just benign looking. That's true. <laughs> Yeah. He, he looks like an old guy, but you know, th- then looking at the meeple, it makes it reminds me of the Krampus. You've heard of that myth, the legend about the I'm the evil the Santa Claus sort of thing, kind of. I think you've told me about Christmas it before. Maybe, maybe. Okay, um, so it makes me think of that. And I wonder if it's related to that somehow, because the guy sort of has a Santa Claus look. I don't think the Krampus is supposed to be nice looking. I'm not in any idea. of the stories I've read, but yeah, you're right. That is interesting. It does look kind of a uh, kind of benign for who, for who he's supposed to be. Yeah, maybe I was maybe I was a choice just because they don't want to make it too creepy. I don't. Who knows? The um, speaking about the art, we should mention the artist is uh, Vincent Dutre. I know he's done a lot of other games. I recently just got another game uh, designed. Well, not des- the expansion. The solo expansion was designed by Morden with the art by him, and it is a two-player game. So the game is called Smitten, and it was published by Stolmeyer Games to celebrate, I think, their 10th anniversary. It's an 18-card micro game that you could get from them. And uh, like I said, it's a two-player game where you're both trying to lay out 18 cards in two 3x3 three three grids without talking. And then there's a solo version that, that's basically the same rules. When they were designed by Morden, same artist. So that's pretty neat. Look for mm-hmm. that also. That's just a little sidebar. I really like the art in that one, too. Um... Yeah, overall, I, I like that art. I like the, the look of this game a lot. The... Uh, uh-huh. One more note I have for components. There's the inclusion of those six cards for actions for different things you can do. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the time I'm comparing this game to an Onirim game because they kind of fill in a very similar weight profile and similar area of depth. And it has those cards that tell you all your different actions. I really wish that more Oni Rim games would have that same <laughs> type of thing because having those out there just for better memory, just for better recollection, having a nicer reference of some sort. It's so nice, especially in this one where they're definitely when I'm playing the early parts, I would forget about some of my abilities, like the one where you can throw away a tree to reshuffle your hand. It's mm-hmm. crucial, but I kept forgetting about it because, then I'm, there's a card there to help remind you of it. So really nice to have those. I did not win a game until I found that card again because <laughs> I had not realized that ability was there. The uh, Yeah, I, you know, talking about those cards, when I first opened the game and I was reading through the rules and I found those cards, I was really confused when I realized that, oh my gosh, this I don't actually use these cards in the game. They're just for reference. How cool is that? <laughs> I'm not used to seeing that in a game where all everything is provided as a card. So that that is nice. Um and that will br- the you said you sleeve your copy of the game. Did you keep I the did. insert or did you have to throw it out? I was able to keep the insert. Okay. And unlike those Oniran games, this is just a cardboard insert. That's easy. And if I mean if you want you could even take out the divider in the middle to make a little more space and whatnot. Yeah, if I wanted to, I I'm I mapped out how I would do it. And if it makes a bo- mess in the box too many times, then I will I will split the deck in two and redo a different papercraft insert for it. But I yep. haven't needed to yet. Yep. And there's other things that I want to papercraft inserts for more. So okay, so so talking about the the cards and whatnot, that brings us to the rule book. The if we're ready to move on to that, I think so. Okay, so I found the rule book at, at first a little confusing. And I felt like it was a little strange because the the rules are clear in there, I think, but the the way it's organized is confusing. 
as you read it tells you okay and he, you know you could now play one of the cards at the end of the book you'll see how the cards are used so it tells you you gotta now flip to the end and read that and then you come back to the rule books so i find it a little confusing as i was learning the game but it's really designed not for learning but as a reference so once you've learned the game hmm. once once you've learned it, everything that you need is either on the back or in those cards those action cards well i think that all the stuff on the back is some of the details and what the different things mm-hmm. what the different cards do Yes. And those details are not repeated elsewhere in the book, which means that they're out of place. But they yes. are there. That has the. Let me say that again. Those are the things that you don't have any other reference card for. So printing the back means that it's rapidly accessible to you when you're exactly. playing the game. Exactly. So that was an accessibility so, yeah. decision. Yeah. No, I, and I get that. It, it works out well when I'm playing. That and that's what I was saying. It's it's harder to learn from the first time but it's much easier when you're playing and you need to reference it. And honestly, there aren't that many rules to this. It's not going to it's not going to be hard to learn. It, do, it doesn't take a lot. I don't think it was hard to learn. 16 pages, actually. That's a fair bit of pages. Yeah, they're but small they're pages, like, though. Yeah, they are small. I think the general idea, even of how you do it, it's, it's not a particularly difficult game to learn, Mm-mm. especially if you're not using the expansion stuff. I think it's relatively simple. And lighter, mm-hmm. I'd say. So I, I think it was easy enough for me to learn. I think that the rules stayed fine. I, I do agree with you that I was trying to, when I was playing through the game originally, I didn't see what the different allies do. So quite often when I'm learning the rules, especially for a solo game, I'll set it up and I'll walk through it, which is why I really yep. like when there's some games that have, hey, here's a tutorial, play along with me and learn. Because that's literally what I do often when I'm, learning the rules but i got up to play a card and then it said okay i, I did that now where do i look and it wasn't until i got the little rule book that was like oh look here so a mere note would have helped with that but even then i didn't find too much particular issue with that i was able to learn just fine yeah yep absolutely i agree um and and the rules are they're they're simple enough, and then at the very last couple pages, you have a page per expansion, basically, and then the and then on the outside cover, the reference for the different cards. So yeah, that is it about the rules. The how, how thematic did you find the game, Julius? Again, it's hard for me to tell how thematic I found the game when it's a mythos I'm unfamiliar with. Oh uh, yeah, it yeah. it felt like if the goal of the game was that you're hiding from. I mean, the game sort of tries to describe it that your allies are spawn of the de- of Gamla Eric, and so they all have a little bit of evil in them, and so therefore they're not completely helpful. The minions are straight summons of Gamla Eric, so they're totally evil. So you definitely have to beat them. But even your allies are like not awesome and not the best. So you just have to deal with it, really, you, you yourself or where it comes down to. So, yeah, it's a thing. Yeah, every time you recruit one, it always comes with a price of some kind. Yes. Basically. So I thought, one, mm-hmm. if you read all of the story, I think that the story makes sense. Even not reading the story, you get, immediately you get the sense of your little guy hiding from a big, ominous, big dude. Yeah. And the fact that that story can come out so well just from the components and the actions that you're doing, even without developing the rest of the story is a credit to the implementation of the design to tell that story. Well, yep. All right. Let's, uh, excuse me. I'm 
some sleepy. Let's uh let's move on to the gameplay. All right, this is a part I've been looking forward to. <laughs> yeah. Well, then let me cover it. <laughs> Go for it, Albert. <laughs> I'm just kidding. The uh, but so so the gameplay. Julie's already said at the beginning. You're gonna lay out the forest in a circle. There's six cards. The game actually brings eight, so you could add more if you find it too difficult and you want to make it a little bit easier. The cards represent the, the game. In the, fact, recommends that if you're adding the expansion, you make it easier. Yes, add a few more because expansions make the game harder. So the fires represents it's it's an abstract area, and it's really just representing how far behind you Gamaric is. And so you will set yourself at opposite ends of the forest, and as as you're traveling and trying to escape him, you're moving clockwise, and he is following you in a clockwise direction. So really, it's, it's a way to track distance, how many spaces apart you are, three spaces, two spaces, one, four, whatever. If he ever reaches you, you lose the game, he has caught you. So you don't ever want him to reach the far space you're on. So that is how the board's going to be set up. The two meeples on the six to eight trees, um, they're all on their green side. Then you're going to take the, the deck of cards and shuffle them up. You're going to flip three and face them and put them face down, up in front of you. If any of them are Gamleric, you will set them aside and keep replacing them until you have all allies out on the table. You're going to draw one ally into your hand. Again, if it's a Gamleric, you set it aside. You've, once you've done all that and you've got these four cards, you shuffle the any, any Gamleric you found back into the deck and your deck is ready. The last step is to put the... Or whatever order it is, really. The, the next step is to put the six minions along the top somewhere. They're numbered two or two, two or three, and two or four. They represent how many allies you have to recruit to defeat that minion. And once you've done all this, you're set up and ready to play. Julius, you've got an action figure in your hand? Yes, I'm fidgeting <laughs> with it. Do you have an issue with that? I do not. I, just, I was surprised. <laughs> I, I the, often um, have fidget, fidgets. You do. Also you often have stuff on you, yes. I just, I, I thought that looks like an action figure. So, <laughs> so it's the current fidget toy on my desk. Ah, uh-huh. so there we go. So the game is now set up and ready to play. The game basically consists of you taking actions uh, based. Oh, I did get mentioning setting up the four action cards on face up somewhere to remind you what the <laughs> actions are. You basically each turn, you basically choose one of the four actions to take. You could you could choose any action as many times you want in a row. You don't have to like pick a different one each time or anything. If you want to play the whole game choosing the third action, go for it. You're going to lose pretty quickly, and that's okay. But the, the idea is, you know, it's whatever makes sense at the time. So you'll choose your action, and you'll take it. There, The four actions, one of them lets you, for example, recruit an ally. You just pick one of those three allies that are face up and put them into your hand, paying the cost that's listed on the allies card. So you'll, you could recruit allies. You could play allies out onto the trees to help you, and that is what you need to be doing to win the game because you need those allies out in the forest around you to defeat the minions. Uh, the other thing you could do and is... And again, the reason why is because there's two fours, two threes, and two twos. Yes. And in order to defeat them, you have to have that number of allies out on the trees to trigger the attack action. And if you think that sounds easy, they have to be matching allies. So it's not just any allies. <laughs> Which does does make it a bit tougher, but so not so, only that it has to be matching. You can only play allies to trees if they're already matching. That is true. So so those are two of the actions. There's another action. Well, once you've done your turn at the end, if there's any empty spaces now on the three spaces in front of you for the three allies, you flip another card over. 
now you may have another ally or or Gamma Eric. Gamma Erics are bad because if you take one, the as soon as you take it, you have to advance him a space, and then you just discard him, and then discard him. Not discard him. You're right. Put him back on the bottom of the deck, so he's gonna come back. the The other two actions I mentioned is if you want at any point you could discard the cards that are in front of you, the three face up cards. And flip over one of the fires. It is now dam- damaged. It is withered. Um, and then you get to put those cards you chose at the bottom of the deck also. And replace them with new cards. And the fourth action is really the, the goal. Is when you have allies out there that you have put on the forest to help you. You can then um, pull those allies out and flip over one of those minions. So if, if you flip over two minions, you got to have at least two allies out. If you want to flip over four minions, you got to have at least four allies out in the forest. You then flip over that minion. He is now defeated, and those allies get discarded. They're not to uh, put it under the deck. They're discarded, which is very different. Much more which, convenient. It's easier, but uh, it also means the deck is getting meaner and meaner because every time you take out allies, the chance of seeing a Goblin Eric go up. So that's basically how the game's going to work. Is Each turn, you're going you're nice, to you're gonna be taking minions, Placing them out in the forest, or I'm sorry, recruiting allies, then placing them out in the forest, and then defeating minions with those allies in the forest. And then recruiting more minions, putting them out in the forest, defeating more minions. Um, repeat, repeat, repeat. Do it six times. It gets trickier, though. I didn't talk about the abilities of the minions. you want to describe those, Julius? No, I don't want to go into them all right or the now. Allies? Look at Look at the back of the rulebook. Look at the back of the rulebook. Each, but I will say this. Each ally, when you take him into your hand, there's a cost for taking him in your hand. Um, and you have to pay that cost. The cost could be as simple as discard, an- discard another ally from the row to advance Gamleric to other stuff. Each type of ally has a different cost. If you can't do it, you could still take the car, but there is a, a risk that you, you advance Gamleric. And that is how the game is going to go until either you defeat all the minions or Gamleric catches you. And all is lost. The forest is destroyed. Well summarized. <laughs> Thank you. I have thoughts now. Yes. Okay, give me some of those thoughts, please. So, talking about the basic version of the game. And again, you've not included any of the other expansions in what you're talking about. I did not. No, I've only played with one of the expansions, I think, once, maybe twice. And I, I, I threw my hands up in there in frustration and went back to the basic game. That's an interesting thing. We'll come back to that in just a minute. But Uh I'm talking about the basic version of the game. So when you're playing the basic version of the game, quite often you'll be able to see a number of different allies. In fact, some of the allies are really good at getting more allies. Like the Ella folk, for example, are very good at at storing some for later, trying to fix your late game. Uh, There's... The, mm-hmm. There's another one that lets you pull two allies and be able to use that into the other ones. So some of them are good for getting more allies, and some of them have less useful abilities. But often, you'll be able to see them, you'll be able to select them. And to me, that abil- the fact that you're seeing so much of your deck every game, and in fact, you're seeing so much of your deck relatively rapidly, to me, felt like the game was in its basic kind of felt like it was going to be solved that there was going to be you know discussions like this ally you definitely want to use for this purpose and you want to if you get 
if you be able to start out with a bunch of the Nisei, so then you're able to to have a much more secured win. So if you go Nisei, Elfolk, and then form Skifter to fix the Elfolk, then you win. But if you're, <laughs> if you're stuck with nothing but trolled in the beginning and you have to start digging out to get anything more than trolled, well, then you're definitely going to lose the game and it's going to turn out horrible for you. Like, may as well just reshuffle and try again. It it's, starts to feel to me a lot more solved because even if I'm doing like this seems like the strategy this seems like every time I'm going to want to do it in a very similar fashion I'm going to want to have this thing first and if I don't it felt a lot tougher hmm that's interesting I haven't noticed it but but I'm also playing really poorly still in this game I've played six games and only won once really yeah all the allies I do think they are all useful It, it Depending on the current situation of the game, too, right? Like, but useful for what purpose? Well, the yellow folk are nice to to stack the deck, mm-hmm. right? They're handy there. The trolls are good if if Gomneric is catching up to me. I could send him back instead. Because I didn't mention it, but one of the things you could do with one of the allies is you could discard him for a special ability, right? Instead of playing him to the forest. So if I discard the trolls, they they set Gomneric back and, and give me some more time to to pull out better cards from the deck. Yeah, so I think like right, the so- trolled is good because there's the form skifter. When you get them, he moves. Excuse me. When you get him, he moves Gamla Eric closer. And then the trolled, you can discard to move him back farther. So, mm-hmm. like, you grab a, a bunch of form skifters to fix whether you're working on Elf Olkanisse and have them out. The form skifter can be used to break the rule that they all have to match. The form skifter can sort of match anything else that's already out. So you grab the form skifter so that you can match it to some elf folk or something else, and then use the troll to counteract that. And like there was a plan where I came up to after playing it six times or something like that, um, where I'm like, okay, I'm just I'm I've just run the same plan that I had last time, and I did the same thing, and I was like, I want to do this plan, and there's not enough forcing me to do a different plan. Even if there's different cards up right now, I don't think that they're working for me to be able to do anything. So I need to hmm. dig for my plan. And so it started to feel like I wanted my plan. I want to keep doing that plan. That's interesting. Okay. And do you always win when you get that plan or only if that plan works out in the right order? The plan has enough very variables in it in the basic version mm-hmm. that it was easier to succeed with it so yes if i have the plan and i have the cards i want then yes i'm able to win because you're you're able to move scooch on by gamma eric being able to know when you want to when at what point in time you want to do a risk draw based upon how much is in there and where you think stuff is okay and like there's yeah the having that plan be able to execute that plan to me felt powerful enough that i didn't want to really change it Hmm, okay, so the rule book says that the basic game, once you've learned it, it should you should probably be winning three out of every four games, seventy five percent of the time. So okay, so 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 maybe the base game is really intended for learning. So that's kind of what I'm saying. The base yep. game to me felt very similar to many other games in the Oniverse universe. That when you learn how to play the base game, it's really base. It's really generic, and it's there's the the game feels too easy and too basic 
without adding in some of the extra stuff. Okay. Well, I am definitely still at the base game level. Um, I have not found a strategy that works consistently. I did finally win my sixth game, so that is something. But, at, I mean, at this rate, I need to, like, win another 30 games in a row before I get to that, you know, I mean, 75% win rate. And I'm not <laughs> tracking it. It's just a matter of how it feels. Yeah, yeah, and no, I understand. Okay, so that's interesting. So that's your thoughts on the base game. I haven't seen that. I've enjoyed it. It's a, I think it works well for learning. So once once you've learned it and you're ready to sort of move on and add some more stuff, you get the two expansions. Not quite only verse level where a lot of games have more than two. You know, anywhere between four and ten expansions mm-hmm. or whatever. But the, the has the two and they add variability. One of them adds, I forget, another type of minion, I guess, that you put on top of the minions that you could recruit for his help. Or maybe he's a different type of ally. He's, yeah, he's I guess like a, all kind of... He's, yeah. I mean, all these people, I'm, I don't know enough about the history and story behind it. The Ligtamans are like these story-type characters. They like telling stories. And so they you know, are ambivalent. At the beginning of the game, they're hiding the bad guys. And you have to use, essentially, an ally of the type that they're looking for to get rid of them. But once you get rid of them, so at that point in time, you can then use it to gain an extra benefit where they can essentially let you grab specific allies or be able to grab some extra ones or even discard adversaries. So once mm-hmm. you've converted them over, then they're useful to you. And adversaries being the goblin, Eric, in the deck, not the minions on the top. Yep. And so they also lock up the minions, so you, you can't defeat a minion until you, you've got in one of the Lictamens flip recruited to your side i guess and so they kind of force you to play in a certain order right and often for me when i was doing it i would want to do the fours first because Mm -hmm. it's easiest to find them when the deck is full it's easiest to find that whole matching set of four but then if one of them pops up on the fours that is one of the ones you want to be able to use or one of the ones in your hand and you don't have it you either have to wait because you either have to waste time going and digging out the ones that you need or just change the plan and focus even on it too. Cause that's what you've got in your deck. And so this question of like how the, the, the plan that I referenced before was to essentially use two of the, which oh, don't spoil it for me. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. I won't, I won't go through the, <laughs> no spoilers. Not for I won't go one. through the specifics of how it is that I was playing, but this started to force me to adjust my plan and adjust it more differently on different playthroughs to account for having different characters that I need to use to be able to reveal different orders Mm -hmm. for things and whether or not I wanted to trust in some to come up and more and, and maybe try for a four or try a different way. So those are all sorts of different things as an additional point. The game is now recommending when you're playing with these, it's recommending you to have some extra trees out which in essence is saying, don't be risk averse. You have to play risky to be able to win by using some of those extra trees for extra cards or extra shuffles or what the various different cards that interact with those trees. And so beforehand, that was a resource that I tried to use as little as possible. Now I'm like, well, it's here and I need to use it. So now it's practically an additional resource 
that has to be measured in an additional decision point about when to use that resource as opposed to try never to use it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. That, uh, yeah, that's what I've been doing too. Now I've been using those trees a little more. Um, and actually I was, I was burning up a few trees every game before, but I was doing it wrong. It turned out. <laughs> so, yeah. So that, that second expansion though, the one with the nuts then, um, and the different, Yes. The, the little meeples. I have not played that one yet. That one looked way too complicated for me. And I just did not. It's like, that's more complex than I'm ready to add to this game. Because I have, I'm still struggling here. Is that one a harder expansion, you think? Or just different? I think it's just different. Okay. Um, and we're talking about when you use just one of the two expansions, not both. Yes. But the way this one works is that you'll put out hostage tokens on all of the different ally, essentially you grab before you start the game, grab an ally card of each of the different ones from the deck, Uh, then put a hostage token on each of them. One of them has a times two in order to rescue a hostage. You have to damage a tree. The one that has times two, you have to damage it twice. And then when you do that, you get the card that was stuck. You get to put it on top of the deck. So now, you know, it's next. So that's helpful information for doing, you know, quote unquote risk draw um, to be able to not have to spend a different cost for that if you want to do it that way. So it's a usefully timed thing. But until you rescue the hostage, you can't place that ally in the forest. You can't use their ability. You can get them, but you can't do anything with them. So again, I now had limits because I'd say, hey, these are allies that I want to use. But I can't. And even worse, like the card that is all filled up that I have a bunch of there's it's really nice convenient for me is the one that has like the two tree hostage marker. And so you're like, well, I I guess that's what we're going to have to do. We're going to mm-hmm. kill the tree. And that again starts to limit where it is that you have. Now then, having that limit just be based on trees, I mean you can almost moot the entire thing by adding extra trees or you can, I mean, having it be that the difficulty balance is tied to exactly how you fix it with that felt like that was a little bit too straight because I, the resource that I spend is the one that I got more for playing on an easy mode. So essentially this is just like saying it's a harder version of hard mode. You have less trees because you'll need to discard at least two trees to have enough cards to do anything. And you'll probably need to discard even more than that. You'll probably need to discard a full three trees to, to use these things. So it's just putting your timer even shorter, but it's a question of when and maybe, and how, and do you want to, and the reward that you get all out of all of this is seed tokens. Each of the minions, each of the bad guys, now has this extra seed token. When you defeat a minion, you get a seed token. If you get two matching ones, you get a discarded tree back. So that Mm -hmm. discarded tree, so you have to spend up to three trees rescuing hostages, and you get back three trees over the course of the game by defeating minions now the, the last one comes when you win the game so really you only get two but you don't necessarily need to <laughs> get all the ones done so there's the, you know there's caveats to that but it felt weird to me that 
it was essentially just making it a little bit. It was it was essentially just trying to make it easier or harder because I have less trees now. Mm-hmm. It's the same as saying, "Hey, you have less trees. You have three less trees to be able to do," and it felt weird to me. I liked the mechanics of, "Hey, I don't have the ability to use like the one that's the times two. I can't use until I'm happier with it, or I have to do some extra special stuff." But it's not like I have to have a card in my hand to be able to do it and whichever it is. Oh yeah. It's funny. I think I, it feels to me like you're kind of overthinking it there because yeah, you, you get more trees and it's, it's very clear what you're getting, but what you, what it's giving you really is by using expansion, you're getting more choices, right? And just, and, and, and those choices, you know, to make them work, you, you play with the number of trees you have. And I guess the number goes up and down a little bit throughout the game, potentially. So Cause I, I mean, but- Depending it doesn't how feel you... to me like it's giving more choices. There's not a choice during the course of the mm. game. It's just when do I want to kill a tree to be able to use an ally? If I start the game and say, hey, I'm going to start every game by going down to three trees, good. What I often tried to do is I tried to trigger it when mm. the other damaged tree was not empty so that I didn't have to da- discard a tree. So I had all. I was trying to get as many trees damaged so that the forest stay big so that I can run away from Gamla Eric just as well. So, Mm-mm. I mean, <laughs> it yeah, it seemed. Yeah, I don't know. I wasn't. I wasn't satisfied with the way that it made it harder or the types of choices that it made. If anything, I didn't like it because maybe it was, it was too open of a choice. At any point in time, I can rescue any one of them, as opposed to Ligtamon, when it was based on cards that I have and based decisions, it was pushing me a different way. This one, I sort of had to force myself to be like, I'm not just gonna rescue everyone and, and try and see how I can do with that. Mm-hmm. You know, it reminds me of Stellarian where the, one of the expansions, you now have to, to solve the, the things in a specific order, right? Where, where the galaxies are lined up and you have to, you can only do the ones that are uncovered. But I like that expansion in Stellarian. Oh, I did not. <laughs> but it sounds like it's similar in that you now have the nuts covering things up and, or the seeds and all that. And you have to do the things in a specific order. It's the same. To me, that sounds the same. Yeah, well, you you can't, you don't have to rest in a specific order, but you are encouraged to when you're rest, when you're defeating minions, you're encouraged to try and make pairs so that you can heal the forest and get extra trees. So you're encouraged to do it that way is what it is. But I would often just be like, hey, it, it's it was too hard. Like the game said, add an extra tree. So I would add an extra tree, and then I'd be like, oh, I spend that tree. And so now I'm back to base level difficulty and I wasn't satisfied by base level difficulty. So yeah. Would it feel different if instead of having more trees in the deck, it gave you some sort of like little marker, or, I don't know, a little bush marker that you could spend a, you spend a bush marker to say, Oh, I hid in the bush and I got a free, whatever this drop. So I didn't have to I mean, burn a tree. I think and it would just, have had the same net I, effect. <laughs> I don't know if it would because I'm perhaps too cunning to be doing such things. I mean, I think for me, it's just a matter that I make it harder by trying to win with less trees or just trying to win. Yeah. Well, okay. So we should wrap it up because we're at 45 minutes and my dog is starting to bark saying, hey, I don't want to be alone anymore. Um, That's fair. So let's yeah. go with final thoughts. Um, I'm, I, and I'm ragging a bit on the expansions and feeling like it's getting samey i will comment i've played it a bunch at this point in time and 
as with often when I'm doing review games, I've played it a bunch in a short span. So some of this is maybe coming from the fact that I've had a lot of plays and a lot of time to think about which ways to do it. But I'd very much enjoy the game. I think that it is just as good as any of the Onibrim games. It very much matches all of that level of both enjoyment and satisfaction. I think it matches well into that whole, not universe, but into that offering to be a very enjoyable, I I hate to call it Onibrim game, but a very enjoyable solo verse game to play through. I, for me, I will always play with Ligtamans. At this point in time, I'm always playing with Rescue as well because I like that extra complexity. I like doing all those extra things, so playing with both expansions. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm still enjoying it. I'm still liking it. It has. It was a joy to go through and discover my own you know, method for doing the base game. I'm enjoying playing with the expansions and seeing if I find another one. If I do find another one, I will be perfectly happy to put it away for a while and say, hey, I've really enjoyed playing through it. Let's put it away until you know maybe we we forget about it, we enjoy the newness of it. But I'm still really enjoying the play of it. I think that all of the components, I cannot emphasize enough how much the game conveys that ominous theme. The fact that it conveys that ominous theme makes it really enjoyable to play because I feel like I'm sitting there running away from an evil Gamla Eric dude. And all of that pulled together makes for an enjoyable playthrough as we're going through and playing this game. So I, I give it a high recommendation. I very much have enjoyed it. If you're a fan of any of the Oniverse games or any of that level of complexity for Solitaire, I would highly recommend this one for entering your library. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I agree. I think it's a great game. Uh, we've compared it a lot to the Oniverse games. That's probably not by accident. It's also... We didn't really say, but it's published by a Impatience game, right? The publisher that does all the Universe games. I really thought I said that. Um, did you? Maybe, maybe we did say, and I'm just repeating it myself. But it's worth repeating. It was designed by uh, Morden. It was um, produced by a uh, Shady, Shady Torbe, right? So the designer of the Universe game. So I think there's. It's not a coincidence if it has that kind of feel. And like you said, it, it seems to to be targeted toward that sort of way to, and th- that game player or whatever, that sort of thing. I, I do like it a lot too. I really enjoyed it. I, I like the art by Vincent Dutre, um, which you mentioned before, you know, some of the other games he's done are for include things like Robinson Crusoe, heat pedal to the metal, Lewis and Clark, the expedition. So, so this is a designer. You've seen a lot of, of his art in other games before it, it's a, it should be familiar, but it looks really nice in this game. It looks a little different than the other games, I think. Um, it just makes playing the game fun. I like the art. I wish there were more types of enemies in the deck, not just Gomleric. Um, some characters that would do other stuff. So I look forward to the next expansion or the first expansion. So yeah, there we got this, this game. It's a quick game, by the way. It probably plays in about 20 minutes, maybe 30. Um, but it's pretty quick. And I really like... I didn't mention it... Um, there aren't a lot of choices when you're playing. It's always a f- just a few choices, but they always feel meaningful. It always feels like, at least to me, it hasn't felt like there's always an obvious choice. It's always like I've got a few different options what to go with. And, and you know, let me think about it a little bit and make one. So I, I found it very satisfying. 
So there we go. That is a uh, Scoventier. Scoventier. Yeah, I'm I'm confident I've messed up all of the words pronunciation. I, I go with Elfolk, Formskifter, Gengagger, like right. Huldra. I'm I know I'm not right because I keep pronouncing Huldra as Huldra, but according to the pronunciation, I know the D has disappeared. It's still there. Lindorm, the D also disappears. Yeah, D's are silent apparently in Danish, so it's actually Danish. Yeah. And Vogter, which the main character for the game, it's supposed to be a W instead of a V. But look, I'm an American. I'm playing in <laughs> yeah. my own brain. This is like when I read medical textbooks to my wife and she gets a big <laughs> giggle because I mispronunciate everything. I'm totally mispronouncing everything and I apologize. Um, yeah, Really sorry. <laughs> it is different. And the game does have a pronunciation guide in the very back of the book inside it. It has a section on the lore telling you of all the characters and the pronunciation guide. And yeah, when I looked at it, yeah. Yeah, I looked at this. Oh, yeah, I pronounced this one wrong. Oh, I got that one pretty close-ish. <laughs> so it's all in there. It's neat. I do appreciate that a lot, actually. And I do wish there's more lore. I kind of wish it brought a few extra short stories or something like that. A couple folk tales. Because I'm sure the some of these characters come up with more than just one place in the folk tales. And with that, I believe our gentle walk through the forest has ended. Yep. <laughs> thank you everyone I don't think we've really reached the end because it's a circle and time keeps going on and on but we shall be back next time to continue this circle <laughs> that's right I won't add to that bye everyone have a good night bye bye thanks for listening we love feedback so we love hearing from you you can reach me at julius at oneplayerpodcast.com or jlbird on bgg and albert can be reached at albert at oneplayerpodcast.com or fractaloon on bgg our website is oneplayerpodcast.com with the number one and we're also on twitter at oneplayerpodcast the intro music is copyright angus can be found at gemendo.com the transition music is copyright by Dan Elduce Pancaldi, whose page is at donpancaldi.com. The One Player Podcast is protected under a Creative Commons share-alike license. Thanks for listening.